Hey, I'm Lottie Mack and this is Modes of Making, the podcast that focuses on the process before the piece. Each episode, I'll be talking with someone new about how they do what they do. We have someone really special with us today, someone I've been meaning to catch up with for a very long time, Mia Sakai, a London-based image maker, creative director and founder of Ether magazine. Ether, Ether, Ether. Mia launched her magazine independently in 2015 during her foundation year at Camberwell. The magazine grew from inspiration from her peers and wanting to showcase all that creatives have to offer in a traditional yet modern print approach. Since then, she has been independently curating, designing and producing Ether all on her own. As well as running the magazine since COVID-19 pandemic, Mia has been hosting a series of online seminars for fellow young creatives sharing tips, tricks and experiences. One of which focuses on creating without funding, an area I'm super interested in to hear about and is definitely something I struggle with personally as well. As well as leading seminars, she's also collaborated with major institutions such as UAL and Exeter University. All very, very impressive. I wanted to bring you on today, Mia, as I feel like you're a real enabler and somebody that like likes to lift up other creators whilst exploring your own creativity simultaneously and like showcasing other works helping to breed, provide a platform for young emerging like creatives and it's really really inspiring and something that I try and do myself so that's why I was like super 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 excited to have you here today your style is avant-garde colorful and full of life and expression and represents a new way of creatives and I'm so happy to have you here today wow, <laughs> thank you so much that was literally like the nicest introduction ever and I've never had like anyone else like summarize what I do so like even I can't even do that myself so thank you so much like you've having me I'm really no, excited to be course. here no of course I'm really really glad to have you like we've been messaging back and forth for like I know for the longest time, time. and I've been wanting to feature you in Ether as well so I'm so glad that we can like cross the platforms like this and so it, it's happening it's beautiful so like yeah is there anything that I missed in the intro of it all good like. oh my god not at all not at all let's get straight into let's it let's get into it okay <laughs> into it. all right so let's talk um like your journey so far um so you started Ether on your foundation year at Camberwell what yes. was you studying when you were on your foundation? So it was our foundation. I think I was on like, it was called like Time and Print Pathway or something. It was like- Time yeah, and Print Pathway? Or something, something I around I don't that. remember that either. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a long time ago now. <laughs> Not that long. Um, but yeah, so I was doing the, yeah, the Print Pathway, I think. Um, so when you went, when you started your foundation- you as soon as you went into foundation you knew you were going to do like some kind of publication print no so thing. I literally had no idea so basically mm-hmm. when I went in like I've always wanted to do photography mm-hmm. and we'll get to that but oh my god it was a long journey getting back to my photography stuff but um basically I was doing like lots of like little shoots with people and stuff um with my grandpa's camera that he gave me when I was mm-hmm. like 12 or something and I still use that camera for my shoots to this day like it's actually the best film camera um and I was just like, I can't get my work featured anywhere. And I was like, my work back then probably wasn't very good. But Aww. I felt like it was just so impossible to like get your work featured and get your work printed. Getting your foot in the um, door. Yeah, and I used to collect like fruits magazine like dazed uh nylon japan like all these different magazines and i just love magazines i love the way they smell i love the way they look i love the way they feel like, i love that just, you said you smell know. that's so good yeah. i love the smell of books yeah but. the smell of books the smell of the print like the gloss like everything it's just so good um so I was like, well, if I can't get another publication to feature me, so Loki is like slightly selfish. No, bro. But I was like, I'm going to start my own and then I can feature my own work, put my own like photography in there. Um, and I can also like feature my friends, like art and stuff, because I thought that they were doing really cool stuff at the time as well. So then that's kind of how it started. And, and I was kind of like a bit understimulated with the foundation course, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which I'm really glad about because otherwise Ether would have never been born. Um, so that's why I started it and, um, it kind of was very small at first. It was like a little paper 
the zine thing where I kind of did like collages and stuff mm-hmm. and like photocopied it. Then I made like a like a more glossy version, and then I, I kept upgrading it as time went on. Um, but yeah, it definitely because yeah, now it's journey. like a thick whole like yeah. So now it's massive. Oh my god! Thing. So yeah, it, the first like issue one like that I had was probably like twenty pages. So it's mm-hmm. very very small. So even though I've done sixteen issues, like the first no. ten were probably not very good. How many pages <laughs> are the ones now that you're putting out? Roughly? Probably around. 200 pages yeah (laughs) so it's like a coffee table vibe you know yeah um yes so yeah that's how it started that's why i wanted to to start it do you feel like the original like idea and intention and you know i guess like visual branding and like visual communication from the start is the same as it is now or like oh god no (laughs) definitely not well how's it what was it like and how's it changed i think like if you scroll down to the like the instagram you see how when it started i kind of had like a slightly different taste in like art and obviously I was reposting a lot of like inspo posts and stuff because I didn't have a lot of my own like content um but I was really really passionate about like art and painting and all that kind of thing and I still am um but I definitely over the years kind of developed my well it developed as I did like Eith is like grown up with me we've grown up together yeah, like it's like my beautiful. baby I love that it's also on your Instagram still I hate when people delete it yeah oh, I like no I'm the like journey. I love to see the journey I love to show that it wasn't you know amazing to start off with it wasn't this like sick thing like people need to show that it takes time like mm-hmm. you know as they say it takes 10 years to make an overnight success so you know I'm eight years Damn. in two years from now I'm gonna be popping off and you're already a success that's crazy you're no, but, you know, I mean I, I don't know I wouldn't say that but yeah so um definitely the the taste of like what I would post and the kind of things I was interested in has changed as the eight years have gone on because I mean those people you would change within eight year span so um it kind of developed more into the fashion avant-garde like I've always been interested in that anyway but I didn't really have I didn't really know how to access that and like make that happen so I was always doing like my own shoots and just using my own clothes and like buying stuff from vintage shops and things and then as time went on and I had more experience I did some freelance stuff um, I kind of understood how the world works in, in fashion editorials you don't spend your own money <laughs> like you pull clothes from mm-hmm. like showrooms and things like that or like loan things pieces from graduate designers and stuff and that's so. what you do now before you were like I need to buy all the clothes yeah all so that's what I like learn that's how you kind of do things um, but also I think as the time's gone on like i refocused ether to be more like obviously it was a platform for creatives from the beginning but then i kind of like reframed it more in like what i want to like what i'm passionate about and which is that like providing a space for like working class creatives and like people mm-hmm. of color um and to be able to exist in like this etherverse that i like to call it yeah. um but basically just like giving them the platform but it's not like exclusive to that but mm-hmm. i think i just kind of like realized that's what i'm passionate that's about the drive, and yeah. that's the drive and like removing barriers creating access and just like you know uplifting Amazing. people who might not have otherwise like the opportunity to like see themselves in print so that was like my main mm. that's my main goal now um but i definitely like honed that more mm. as time went on do you yeah. find it easier now to create for the magazine now that you you know you have before you were like I've got all this stuff, I've got all this work that I want to put somewhere. Yeah. But now, yeah, I guess you have more of like a moral compass as well with it leading the yeah. way. Do you find it easier now to like... Oh, 100%. Output? Like, I think I was just doing too much before. I was literally going crazy, like, just like spending all my own money and just like doing loads of shoots. And now it's definitely got more of like a purpose. Mm. Um, you know, I've just it's become more refined. Like, it's become, it, it's become its own entity and it's like outside of me now. It's not just about like, oh, I can't get published anywhere. So I'm going to... It's more like it's become my like mission and my like driving force of like my life. Like... Yeah. And, like, luckily, I do have a platform that I can, like, also put my photography in. An experiment in, I guess, as well, because, like, 
you could get published in other places now, but then you might not be able to get published in the same like language or like way that you would yeah. be doing anyway. Yeah, it's, it's nice weird. that you do that. I think that like I haven't even really done much work for any other magazines now because obviously Ethos has been my like platform the whole way along. Mm. But maybe that's something I should I should try and like experiment with other other people, other platforms. And but I think. Because I've got I such know, a and strong, this is, and this is cooling to you. Like, don't, yeah, don't, exactly. Don't worry and about also because I've got such a strong, um, like, visual taste and stuff. Like, for like, it, when people see it, they're like, they know that's ether. It's, it's so distinctive. Like the way yeah. that your work looks, that like, you can literally see a shoot that it's got your stamp on it, and it's like, really? that's, that's oh, it's so that. powerful. It's so powerful that you do that, and that's what draws me, I guess, to your work so much. Like, Thank you so much, really and that, that's something I am proud of because definitely. It's taken a long time to get there. Was it like a natural, a natural thing? Because obviously, I always ask people this question. I'm just like, oh, like, so how did you develop like your visual identity? And yeah. everyone's kind of thing is naturally like, oh, that's just my visual identity. No. But was there any key, like so, practices you did to get there? Yeah, I mean, well, it's a mixture of things. I think. I think like from like being from like a Caribbean background as well. Like my dad's Jamaican, and the you know, color. we love our colors. We mm -hmm. love carnival, but also like growing up in Labrador Grove, like seeing carnival every year of my life since I was like a baby okay. um definitely influenced and made me feel close to my like heritage my culture like that, that we just love color we love vibes we love like big energy um but not that combined with definitely the influence of like me loving japan so much and like okay. i swear to god i'm not a weeb i'm not a weeb but i like <laughs> basically shared a room um i went to boarding school which is so random crazy i uh, shared a room with a girl called may in like year eight and like she showed me That's so, so much cool stuff <laughs> and like all the like cartoons magazines everything and that oh. really like influenced me as well um i do feel like it was meant to be like whether i'd shared a room with her or not i would have definitely like found my love for japan because of the fashion and everything yeah, but being so young and being exposed to a whole new culture like that is yeah. really like a big blessing you know yeah I mean? it really like, was I and mean, she used to we used to stay up late after lights out and like she would teach me lights Japanese. out oh my god it's getting yeah. a wild child <laughs> i know it really <laughs> was it, that out. is like a I whole like other kettle of fish that whole that whole situation but <laughs> yeah so um she kind of showed it to me and exposed me to that kind of uh, stuff and like the japanese fashion and stuff and i think it does have a big influence on my work but i kind of reframe it in a way where it's like it's coming from from me and like my influence as well and i guess your so interpretation like, of it like making yeah. this whole new world from it yeah i think i just thing. love the avant-garde like fashion more than anything and just mm -hmm. seeing how like the harajuku gals would do their like fashion and like fruits magazine like i said yeah. um these were all like big influences on like the kind of styling that i liked um and then I worked for Superhero Mag, um, which is was like an online magazine. Oh, okay. And um, when you they, were how they, old? Like when was this? This was like the first year of Ether, so maybe it was like nineteen. Okay. And then they invited me to. They were looking. They did a call out, and it was like we're looking for Fashion Week photographer. And I just applied, and I and they were like, oh yeah, you can do it. So that was my first oh, Fashion Week, and it was amazing. Yeah, that's crazy that you got the opportunity so young as well. Yeah, exactly. And I was like so proud of myself. But then I was like, I was shooting on film every single day of Fashion Week, like. So it cost me. Yeah, I was gonna say so it sounds like bread. <laughs> that was so dumb of me to not ask for even expenses back. But it was an amazing opportunity, and that led me to meeting one of my really, really good friends, Hannah Grundon, who then introduced me to her. Like she was a stylist, and mm -hmm. she introduced me to the world of like how things really work in editorial and stuff. And we became like a team, and oh, we did all amazing. of our shoots together. And she's um, she's Korean, so she obviously had that influence as well of like the East Asian like fashion. 
and we both just loved the same things and then we kind of just like went from there and then we kind of like bounced off each other with the way we did things and ideas and editorials and stuff so that also influenced me working with her because she was more experienced than me and older than me like put you on yeah yeah and put me on to like how things work in the editorial world and also like access to different designers avant-garde fashion and yeah it kind of like led me to see open up my mind of how things work and how I get access to those kind of things so I think I always was interested in like big colourful fashion Um, but I just never knew how to really get there but yeah I think there was multiple multiple influences that yeah. like push me to that you're aesthetic. just like a sponge bro if it seems like you're you're put into a space and then you just soak up everything that you can get from that experience like, yeah. like you grow up in Labrick Grove and like you feel you like divulged into your own culture yeah you go to you go to like spend a year in a room with somebody from a different culture you soak up all their culture yeah and, like, everything I think that you're together. around you're really soaking it all up and that's like a really beautiful trait and yeah like, thank like, really you nice. know, I think yeah definitely all of those different influences together like make the sort of fabric of ether it's not just like oh I'm influenced by this one thing or this one culture it's like all of those things coming together and then like it's like being trans translated through me and through my mm-hmm. vision to then become like the ethoverse whole new world yeah that's so beautiful so like quickly going back to like give a bit more context about who you are so you did your foundation at Camberwell and then we were just chatting before and you said you did fine art and history of art at goldsmiths yes I wanted to do that course you know <laughs> oh my god that was the really? course I was going to do but I applied for uni before I did my foundation and then they could only take people with foundation I don't oh, know why really? I yeah that. I don't know why they make found, like they include foundation as like a I, d- I could have, have reapplied. I don't know why I didn't. I was just that you scared. Have. I mean, yeah, I know. to be fair, it wasn't really for me. I know that you, you do fine art. I heard it's quite now. intense. But it was very intense and it was like a double degree. It was like having two degrees at once. I had to do Two really different parts it. of your mind, bro. Yeah. And I just like, when I chose that course, I was like a completely different person than when I was actually doing it. And I think that like halfway through, I realized that I would have preferred to do fashion photography, but it was I would have guessed that you did that. It was shocked. too late and I couldn't drop out because I was like, I wouldn't be able to get student finance again. Mm. So I was like, let me just see this course through to the bitter end. But um, So if you was yeah. to go back in time, what would you have thought about differently or what would you maybe have done differently? Because obviously, it's, and I guess it's hard to tell because you only found out what like you realized that you wanted that once you were already in it but yeah you know what would I you do think differently? I don't think I would do anything differently just because like I, I just have no regrets in life like yeah, I think that everything happens for a reason and I don't I think if I'd ended up doing fashion photography for my BA then I wouldn't have ended up doing my master's as in fashion photography which is what I'm doing now and okay. I think that you know everything like leads to the right path like yeah. at that time and even though I had a really tough time like at Goldsmiths like every crit I had I cried no <laughs> no it was so embarrassing I'm so sorry why to those I people who had about Goldsmiths them. like I just think it's it must have made your work kind of better no I don't not know. to be dark I think but I was like, just your talking really about such now. personal things in my fine art uh-huh. but then when you have to explain it to a group of 30 people standing in a circle around you especially if they're very different to you as well very different to you and you don't really hadn't really made any friends with anyone anything like that um there was no familiar faces because I didn't really ever go in. Mm. Um, it was always just so difficult to like stand up in front of people and like do public speaking. And that was like my biggest fear doing public speaking, which is crazy because yeah, now I do seminars. Out. I actually do in, in-person <laughs> seminars. I did a, like a lecture the other day at Campbell. Um, which is so funny because I'm like giving a lecture at the same uni that I'm a student of Full now. Circle, <laughs> I love it. Full circle moment. So, um, How did that go? So, was it yeah. good? How did you find it? It was really good. Like, I've gotten so used to presenting and speaking now, which is crazy because mm. I used to have the worst, like, anxiety, social anxiety. That just anxiety. makes perfect. Do you think it's that? Or do you think it's you yourself has changed? 
I think mm, I think during COVID, like when I did the online seminars, that was kind of like my way of like like easing slowly, myself into slowly, it. Yeah. I think that when I was doing the presenting like online three, via Zoom and stuff, and they like, they couldn't see me, they were just looking at the presentation. It made it much easier because mm. then I could kind of read off the slides, and they weren't like focusing on me. And then I've slowly like over the years transitioned to do into doing the seminars in real life. And the first few I did, they were like I was very nervous, but like people didn't care they didn't mind i think when you're when you're, you're just human it yeah. makes it nice it's easier to learn i think from a human and when you're doing public speaking you just have to remember that everyone who's watching you wants you to do well mm, like true. when you see someone bombing a presentation you don't feel good everyone feels really awkward about it yeah like yeah. everyone wants you to do well so you just got to remember that and like even though i still get nervous i'm gotten used to it now which yeah. is really weird because i can never picture the old me beautiful doing i do that. love that so much <laughs> what crazy. made you want to do those seminars in the first place well i think it was like I could see during COVID, like everyone was doing these kind of like online things. And I was kind of like, well, maybe I should get involved with something like that and do some kind of like online talk um, and see if people are like willing to, you know, like pay for it and stuff. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if people like want to hear what I have to say, but I do was. think that it's it's important to have like talks and seminars by people that aren't necessarily like at the top, but they're like someone who's like experienced stuff and is like successful in their own way. A hundred percent. That's think, what the podcast is about. That's why yeah. I don't want people that are just like really well known very very top yeah it's like everyone has something valuable and I feel like your perspective is so different when you're in the journey rather than looking back on the journey yeah 100% and I think that yeah it's it's become something that I really enjoy doing and I think I wanted to just like remove access and just do something that's like affordable and like and also like feels attainable to the people who are listening to it because it's like I'm not that far ahead of you like we're still in the same peer group but I'm just going to talk with my experiences and see if that could help others in any way um yeah and then that really helps me to like get into doing presentations and seminars and now I'm still doing them and it's really actually quite fun <laughs> yeah it sounds yeah. fucking great and I Thank love you. that for you I think that's to be something I'd like to like divulge into at yeah. some point I just like chatting to people 100% <laughs> well I can see yeah. <laughs> so you should definitely do some kind of like talk or something maybe, I think maybe one day one day we'll see yeah um so where are you at right now you're saying you're do, you just you've started your master's again yes doing um fashion, fashion photography, photography yeah. where are you studying london college of fashion uh, um, is that your first week or something like that or yes yeah, so i had my first day back yesterday which oh my crazy gosh. after two years so yeah, basically that is mad. i did two-thirds of the course during covid okay, and then i suspended cool. the course suspended my studies um because I wasn't getting what I wanted out of the course because it was during COVID. Mm. So I did the MA to like get better at photography technically because I, I know I'm not the best technical photographer because um, I didn't study it. It's all self-taught. Um, and then I couldn't have access to any of the studios or anything like that. I mean, I did for a little portion of it, but I just felt like I wasn't getting 100% what I needed. Um, so you think one of the main reasons you want to study is to get better at the technical side of it all? I mean, initially that's what I wanted, but now I'm on the masters because I realise that's not something I can really that they really do. But yeah. I, it's kind of a, it's very self led now because I'm basically I went back um, for the masters project, which is the final six months. So I've only got six okay, months cool. to to do it all, and then that's I'm so going to be nice free again. That you get so. to divulge in it in this way. Yeah, so it's actually interesting. Someone that um, is also on the podcast on a different episode, they did exactly the same thing. Really? Yeah, they did a uh, photojournalism oh, cool. masters, and they did like a couple of months, and then they went away for a bit, and then they came back and yeah, did their final project. Yeah, I think that's fine. As and well. their project was amazing. So yours is going to be so fire. Oh my god, I can't wait to like finish it. But I just I didn't think I was going to go back. Like I went into the corporate world for a moment last year, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to get my bag and not go back to my art. And what then what kind of corporate world was that? 
so I was working in like a social media um, okay. company, mm-hmm. like agency, um, but that didn't work out. I just feel like it just wasn't for me. And I just the working the nine to five Monday to Friday, like I just don't want to do it. It's so hard. I work three days a week and I'm like, what the fuck? It's just too much pressure. The pressure is getting worse, honestly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought that I wasn't going to go back to it because I was like, oh, let me just like earn money and like save up and like, and then I can like pay off all these things and whatever. And you kind of get clouded by the idea, okay, like I'm earning a salary now, like I can, you know, get my own flat nice, or whatever. Yeah. But then I just realized like I miss my artist self so much. Like mm. I just missed like my, having an artist practice and like doing sketchbooks and stuff and like taking pictures all the time. Like I just lost touch with that so much. Um, and especially it's because ETH has become somewhat of a business now as well, even though I'm not making any money, just so everyone knows that. <laughs> I'm not making any money, it's still non-profit. But um, you know, it's still somewhat of a business that I feel like I just lost touch with like being an artist. And like, I feel like that is at my core what I am. But when you were working there, were you not still doing ETH or no? I was still doing ether, but, but it was like much less, much, much less. And I didn't do any um, issues last year at all. Like oh, I, d- I did okay, more pop ups. I did like sales. I did events. I did lots of. I did a few seminars in person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot of different things last year with ether. I kind of expanded it into the real world, like doing more kind of events and pop ups. But mm-hmm. I didn't do an issue because it was just like too much work. Like I was just so exhausted on the weekends yeah. um, from my other job. But I just realized I just miss it, and I was like, you know what? No, I'd rather be a broke artist yeah. than have money and it's be weird. working money to write. Yeah, it's weird making that choice to be broke in in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of in that point as well. I've just realised, like, in life, all I want to do is be able to, like, cover my expenses and just live freely. Like, I just want to be free and I just think I'm just such a free spirit. I don't like being, like committed to anything commitment issues no, i'm joking but like i don't like having to commit my my time to something that isn't my passion mm-hmm. um and even though i do social media on the side still freelance um i couldn't go back to doing them monday to friday maybe that was just a bad experience i don't know yeah. <laughs> maybe when you own the company it might be different you know yeah exactly exactly, exactly. i see that for you but if i had a corporate if i had a corporate company if either went corporate it'd be one of those like cute offices with the slide yeah yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like a little selfie booth and all the shit like in the I fridge with all the drinks yeah like the little yeah. innocent smoothies yeah. <laughs> fun decor like decor 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 <laughs> um, so yeah so you're doing your masters now you're not so you're and you're working freelance and putting all your time into ifa basically that's yeah. where you're at right now yeah so i'm working freelance for like all different people doing their like their social media tiktok um Sometimes I get paid TikTok collaborations as well. It's giving influencer. It's giving influencer <laughs> in the best way, though, which is quite fun because um, that's like you know every now and again. But it's um, a nice way to get money. That's a nice oh, way it is, it is, and I I do enjoy creating. Like I definitely need to be getting on my Zoom every day. I need mm-hmm. to be getting on my you know bag with the influencing thing. But I think it's more just if and when they come along. Um, those opportunities and I'll take them um, yeah. as long as it aligns with like what I believe in and stuff and I don't get, don't take you know she and bloody yeah. got in contact with me the other day is it? and I was like I'm not like, you know I what I was, having, I was having this conversation I don't even know if it was week. real it might have been spam but yeah you never know it yeah. sounds like probably not because yeah. you make content anyway but yeah. like, I was having this conversation the other day like where would your line cross like like would you work with like would I work or like with the person I was speaking with like would you work with PLT would you work with she and I was just like I've, I don't know it's a really t- it's difficult question I think because I think if I saw someone else that I follow doing it I'd be like fair get yeah, your money no, do you mean? we're all we're all up and coming we're all broke mm-hmm. and I wouldn't judge anyone no, I think that, that was just like that was like my cut off because I was like would I even really like use that in a shoot like would I is there any way yeah. that I would use she and stuff and I was like probably not Maybe like yeah. the odd thing Maybe in a set, there. like stretching it across. Yeah, but then my, know, my, probably, my brain just went to set. I just feel like I don't like match what they what they what they're looking for. So I was yeah. like, no. But so you're um, going to do that stuff only if it aligns with you yourself. 100. Mm-hmm. percent And um, 
so yeah, I work freelance doing like social media for different companies here and there. I do some freelance like paid collaborations. Um, oh. And I do some some like uh, teaching and seminars as well because I did um, oh. a really amazing um, initiative with, well, UAL, mm-hmm. um, which was w- a collaboration with this company called The Cusp, which helps like um, yeah. up and coming creatives like get into work and stuff um, and doing like one-to-one tutorials and like helping people like sort of elevate their like project ideas and like helping them bring the best out of their ideas and Mm. that was really great so yeah i do that as well like and i but yeah i try and like dabble yeah i dabble on a few different things how do you manage your time doing all of these different things oh my god you're (laughs) saying a million things is there like what's your Uh, it's weird because it's like i'll have really quiet times and i have times where everyone's like requesting things off Mm -hmm. me at the same time and it's so it's so stressful. I do find it difficult to be fair. I don't think I've got great time management. But um, you must because the output is so strong. So you you must have good time. That's interesting you say that because I feel like my output is not great. Like I feel like there's so many things that I need to be doing right now that I'm not doing. So that's interesting yeah. to hear that from someone outsider's perspective. Yeah. yeah um, but I think I I just try and stay on top of like my emails and stuff. Try and see if like anything's coming through. Just get back to people straight away. Sometimes I don't. Interesting like, yeah, because yeah. I saw this um, like productivity thing because I'm like really into productivity. I'm a Capricorn, so I love it. Oh god, um, not a Capricorn. Yeah, here I am. Welcome, we're the best. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. My brother's a Capricorn, so oh, he sounds really amazing. He yeah. Really <laughs> um, but I saw this thing and it was like you shouldn't check your emails until like midday. Because okay. apparently, when you see when you look at your emails, you'll see all this stuff and get bombarded with all of it that you can just get fully. Yeah, you just freeze lost up. I it. do get scared as well, and I'm also like, I have ADHD and dyslexic. So I'm like, oh, all special needs. Well. Like I just, you know, I'm just, I've got so many like things going on that it means that I do get overwhelmed as well, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely get overstimulated and have meltdowns. But I don't let anyone see that, you yeah. know. <laughs> How do you like um, deal with those moments of feeling overwhelmed and stuff? Is there any? Oh my like, god, I cry do? like literally. That's good. But you know, I cry, but then I'm also kind of like, you know, I do try and bring it back to like no one, like no one can see that this these things are going on, so they think that you're doing so well, and like. I just remember to myself, like, to just try and get through those moments, but let yourself, like, feel what you're feeling, and then just, like, it'll pass. 100%, you know, bro. Pass. I get overwhelmed so much. It's really bad. And I get brain fog. Like, to Me the too. Point where, I like, get uninspired. Nothing is there. Like, if I have too much going on, I'm just, like, so overwhelmed that, like, I can't... I do no get frozen. Thoughts, nothing. Nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing. It's crazy. I get frozen, too. I'm, to be fair, I'm still, I'm still working on that. I feel like I definitely have days where I'm just so overwhelmed, but yeah, I just... All we can do is just try our best. Yeah, I don't know, you know what my answer would be to that question. Now, Honestly, I don't, I don't have one. I'm sorry. That was such a terrible answer, but it's because no, I, I don't actually I know no. what I can do. I think it's just that there are days where Allow I yourself. try and make up for the days that I've been having the meltdown. So if I have a day where I'm feeling a bit more strong, a bit more like empowered and, and motivated, mm-hmm. then I'll try and get like double the amount of work done to kind of like compensate same, you know, that's for why that. I'm here with yeah. like four bags with me because I'm running to the studio. Literally, today like I'll down two coffees and I'll just bang out loads, and yeah. I'll be like, okay, that made up for the day yesterday when I just stay in my pajamas all day. Like love that. I feel like yeah. we're really similar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Even though you don't love Capricorns, but that's no, fine. I do. I anyway, do. what's your rising sign? Um, <laughs> I think I'm like Capricorn, Capricorn, something else. I'm <gasps> oh the same. Someone else, yeah, that is actually so. Intense. I didn't know, and then yeah, someone told me, and then that, that I was the same as them. And I was like, Damn, I'm Scorpio, Scorpio rising, so we've got double cap, double Scorpio. Oh my god, that's why our energies be so strong right now. I know, it's crazy. I, I love, love it. it, I love this fast. fire in the booth, yeah, period. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, yeah. so you know, modes of making, mm-hmm. let's talk process, okay, and obviously, you do so many different thing so many different roles it's is it funny. is it too much to ask can we talk the process of an issue beginning to end no that's absolutely fine. because that's just like i have no idea how how you would get from you know okay you release an issue 
I don't know, a year ago, and now you're about to release the new issue. Yeah. How does it get from that approach to, you know, people holding it in their hands and it now being sold in the Tate? I know. I forgot I to mention that. that. Sorry, that's <laughs> I know what's sold out of the Tate now. No, oh, no more sorry, copies. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so don't run issue. down there. Don't run down there. I know you're going to. No, I'm joking. But um, yeah, I mean, usually it'll just start with just me saying, okay, I'm going to do an issue now. Because obviously mm-hmm. I'm the only person running it and doing it. Um, so, so you're not strict of yourself on the timeline. No, it's I'm natural. Not. Yeah, that's I used beautiful. to be. That's I really used nice. to say to myself, okay, it's biannual. I need to do two a year. And I'm like, well, I'm the one that's making the rules. I'm the one that's paying for everything. <laughs> I'm the one that's doing it all, all the hard work. So it's up to me. And people don't mm. get on to me and be like, when's the next? Well, they do ask me when's, when's the next issue. But not in like they'll be like, pressure. yeah, not in like a pressurous way where they're like, oh, I'm stressing me out. It would just be like, oh, when's the next issue coming out? And I'll just make it up. Like, I'll just decide. But the first thing is just me getting this urge. And I think that that's why I did the most recent issue, which I still need to get printed because I haven't got printed. But it's coming soon, coming soon. Um, that I just thought, you know what? I've got that urge. I've got that, that like, tinker way. Just like, okay, I need to make a new issue. And you just get that, that sudden feeling. Um, and then from there, I'll decide maybe, like, what the theme will be. Um, and you'll, you How usually, do you decide on the theme? It will usually, like, reflect maybe something that's going on in my life. or like Because either is, like, a reflection of me, I guess, mm-hmm. and, like, my soul, What's my heart. What's a few heart, examples like. of the last couple uh, issues or the themes? Um, well, the, not, not, this is the thing. Not all of them have themes, but mm-hmm. the last two... So the most recent one was the rebirth issue. Um, oh. And I called it that because I feel like Ether's given me the opportunity to like reinvent myself multiple times Amazing. and like find home within myself yeah. over and over again because it's grown with me. That's and as blessing. I've changed, you know, Ether's changed. Um, but the one before that was graduation issue because it was focusing on like how I felt Ether had graduated into what I'd always dreamed it to look like and be. Mm. Um, and then alongside that, I also like finally got my certificate from Goldsmiths after like... I had to do an extra year, basically. And mm-hmm. I, I finally graduated officially from Goldsmiths, which I was really happy about, because um, I obviously didn't love it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I graduated, and I felt Ether also graduated and became what I envisioned for it, and then also featured loads of like graduate um, like fashion designs and stuff in it as well. So it kind of depends, it. it kind of varies. And I feel mm-hmm. like the issue before that didn't have a theme. Um, but like it's kind of different when, yeah, and if it mm-hmm. reflects something that's going on in my life. Um, so and then, yeah. yeah. So you decide on, you know, maybe. It's not too strict with the theme, but no. you get like a, a sense of what you kind of want it to be like. Or? Yeah, I kind of get a sense of what it is that I want to focus on. Like some issues I've had more of a strong affinity for like featuring illustrators and painters than other issues have been more photography heavy. And I just, I like the fact that there's no restrictions because no one can tell me what to do. It's my mm-hmm. magazine. <laughs> Love it. So I really like the fact that it's not restricted and there's no rules because I feel like that's the only place, either is the only place in my life that I have complete freedom so in a way that's why like I love it so much because it's like no one can tell me what to do and I really don't like being told what to do power is in your hands (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) I love that so much so you're deciding on that and so okay okay, you're like time to put out an issue yeah these are some artists that I'm I'm liking at the moment maybe I want to feature them these are some photographers or Mm. some you know designers that I'm seeing how do you like map out the issue are you just like do you just straight away think, okay, it's that time again. Let me reach out to this designer yeah. that I like. So basically over the course of the year, or however long it's been since I've had a, like an issue, I have like a little folder in Instagram where I'm like, the ne- I, every time I finish an issue, I'll have like, I'll make a new I'm folder. Thinking. So I'll have like, so currently I have Ether 17 um, folder going, even though I've only just done 16. And then I'll, every time I see I like an artist, I will save them and put them in Ether 17. So by the time, because obviously I took a whole year and a bit off of doing an issue, by the time I got the urge to do Ether 16, all I had to do was go into that folder and it had like, 
probably like 50 plus artists that I wanted to get in touch with and Amazing. I felt like just fit the vibe um and i just you ever have to them. narrow that down to make it seem more you know in harmony with each other like is there like a picking section or i kind of just like fuck it i like all of these people that are going in i think it depends because i think that at first i do a lot of outreach and i have like a whole spreadsheet like yeah. didn't reply reply said yes said no blah, blah, blah. and then from Love that this. i'll then work out like the order of how it will go and also i kind of make them harmonious through the way that I ask the interview questions like I'll have like if I this issue for example like the mm -hmm. rebirth issue I'll ask every artist like the same finishing question which is like do you feel like art can you know regenerate and like um give people a sense of like rebirth through their practice um and then if the answer is no then you're going to be like oh no <laughs> <laughs> no but I just think it's just good to like discuss it basically and because that was like the theme um that no matter what their answer is it's kind of like tying them all together and having that yeah. sort of like discussion across all the different mediums and like um art practices um but I'm still like defining like my method in terms of like oh they all need to be harmonious because I think that naturally the way I curate it it's like it's like a second nature to me mm -hmm. and I think that they all all the artists I choose and select and feature always work well together because I know my brand and I know what works and I know what I'm aiming for and what visually I want so I think that it all kind of comes together through my own like tastes anyway because obviously Ether has such a strong visual vibe um mm -hmm, so but true. it's not limited to those kinds of artists it's just that if I get submissions from different types of people that's what I was gonna ask well. so do you do submissions as well or is it purely just like who you find and who you connect with? I no, I definitely do submissions as well um and I'll like be you know curating from who I want to feature from that as well mm -hmm. so it'll be a mixture of submissions and then people that I've spe like specifically chosen and like Beautiful. try and keep it balance but a lot of the time i'll be the one picking yeah <laughs> no, it makes sense it makes yeah. sense because it's like you said it's ether is you and it's ether world etherverse yeah ethers. the etherverse yeah <laughs> ether world, <laughs> ether world. Um, that's really nice so going back to you said you have like this you know this um spreadsheet or whatever with these people and like the conversations and how your communication's going yeah. so your project management babe then yeah oh my god so that's like, taking a while like any like tips that like, would you even do that like kind of like you know how do you generate all of this stuff well, I kind of learned how to do the spreadsheet thing. For, that's one thing I've taken away from the job in social media in the corporate mm -hmm. world is like when they do, you know, influencer outreach for, you know, campaigns and with brands and stuff. Um, they always have like a spreadsheet of like the email address and like did they apply the Instagram handle. Blah, blah, blah. And I kind of that was the one thing I poached and learned from that. Um, yeah, and, you, you know, previous years I've, I didn't have that. Um, and I'm definitely improving my like organizational skills and things like that mm. because I'm not the most. I'm a very, very chaotic person. Um, but the spreadsheets help it. Spreadsheets yourself yeah journey. it definitely helps me a lot so yeah so then i'll start outreaching people um i'll start trying to think of interview questions maybe get some help with the interview questions if anyone's up for it you know I always do so like do you do all the writing in it or is it other people so i this issue most recent one i did a lot of call outs on like my story and stuff to see if anyone wanted to like help write some of the interview questions just so it's not all coming from me mm -hmm. so it gives a bit more variation and stuff but obviously as ether's like still independent and i'm paying for everything myself out of like freelance and other part-time work like it's really hard to uh, hard to get people involved just because i don't want to like not pay people yeah. but obviously it's all at the moment on a collaborative basis and people volunteering their time so if and when i can i'll get people to help me write interview questions and articles mm -hmm. and stuff but most of the time it'll be me um but i would say ether is not very a writing heavy magazine it's definitely very nice. visually heavy because i think for me with adhd i just want to look at beautiful things yeah no, and really <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah. great to get some more writing involved but i used to do all the writing myself and i got so sick of it that i stopped mm -hmm. um because it's not my strong point mm -hmm. writing academically um 
so yeah I think that if and when I can I get people to help me um but and the interviews the time, like who are you interviewing most of the time like musicians it'll be yeah musicians um like and then artists of any any creative any practice really um it's weird actually because I think the last like few years in the last four or five years even like Ethers become quite like music music artist heavy especially on the covers and stuff mm-hmm. like we had Jay Gray and then Josie Mann and we've you know did um we did the music issue which oh, was issue had the 14. whole music issue I didn't know yeah that, that was issue f- oh god I hope it's, I'm getting this right it was issue 14 and we did Masterpiece oh, okay. um, Chi Virgo a few other people were featured that, that was one of my favourite issues to be fair because all of the shoots were really cool and fun yeah um, I love that so yeah, I think that it's definitely come, be- you know, become more music heavy recently, um, but also like interviewing all of the artists that have their art features as well. So it's like a mix. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's really really beautiful. I feel like in in this in this London, it's hard to avoid musicians. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> Gosh, why you live in love? Yeah, I love it for y'all. No, but. they are they are out here. Like mm-hmm. they are so present. So you know, I've got to stay on top of that mm-hmm. and just keep you know they're staying relevant by you know keeping on top of the culture and who's 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 new, fresh, and exciting, mm-hmm. basically, and just you know make bringing fresh stuff to to the creative space. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you've like you know you've curated who you want to be in it and you know the roughly of what the shoots are going to be like. So maybe. Maybe if we could go into like one shoot, for example, if you want, we can talk about one specific shoot for easy, easier for you to focus on. Um, so, yeah, maybe you have this musician. How do you get from this musician to, you know, putting the whole shoot together? Do you revolve it around them as an individual or do you just put your aesthetic and your brain onto them and project it onto them? Like, How does it go? Yeah, so... Basically, what I'll do is like I'll reach out and then like tell them about ether and stuff and how it like how we do things. Um, I say we, even though it's just me. But I, I, always, I always say we when I'm talking about ether. I say we when I talk about the podcast. Yeah, right. right. It'd it be me. Yeah, it's, it'd be you. It'd be you. Um, but what I will do is I'll reach out to their management, whatever. If they get back to me, then I'll make like a mood board. And usually, what I try and do is like take their essence, but ether etherize it, which is what I like to call love. So, if anyone wants to, you know, get a shoot with me or get in in the magazine what i say is that if you, even if you're a musician and you have your own like brand and the, the way that you want to look and stuff you have to be prepared to be etherized mm-hmm. so it's taking the essence of the person but etherizing it so like either accentuating it or like making it bolder and bigger and i kind of like to see myself as the british paper magazine uh, like if you do yeah. a shoot like if an artist does yeah, a shoot with paper mm-hmm. they know that they're gonna have to try something different put yourself or look your different to how they normally look yeah. and i think people are up for it because paper is so well so renowned mm. um well known sorry and I think that, you know, I think ether could be that because it's like when someone does an ether shoot, they know it's not going to be at just any regular shoot. They're going to have to be looking, you know, pretty. Yeah. Or just, I mean? or just looking, shooting them how they want to be shot. Like yeah. they have to be willing to like combine their essence with like the etherverse and like be prepared to be presented in that way mm-hmm. and be, be prepared to experiment. And I have my fair share of um, times where we've done a shoot and the person hasn't really understood that. Maybe I haven't communicated that to my yeah. best of my ability as well. And they have been unhappy with, you know, the styling on the day or whatever. And that's heartbreaking because you don't want people to be not vibing with your vision yeah. or uncomfortable. But, you know, as you grow and you like learn throughout the industry, you realise, OK, communication is so key. Mm-hmm. So now when I reach out to people, when I'm about to work with people, I'm like, this is our aesthetic. These are the kind of things that I do. This is my photography. It's going to be quite out there. We're going to give you options on the day. But, you know, you have to be a bit open-minded mm-hmm. when you come to the shoot see yourself um, different 
to be able to see yourself differently and not be like you know picky because as we said you know these musicians be hard to work with yeah. Boy. Yeah. they really have their own you know idea of how they want to do things which is so fair yeah it's beautiful um, but you know you have to be willing you have to be willing to mm-hmm. be to be experimental yeah. and I think that's the key of ether is that it's experimental like it's it's free um, and it's very avant-garde when it comes to the fashion side so you no know, matter who you are you have to be open to that um, yeah. so yeah and then I'll, so I'll send the mood board I'll send those ideas and I'll send links to all the team that I'm like wanting to get involved okay. um, and then we will start you know the touch the stylist i'll provide them with a commission letter which allows them to like share that with designers and showrooms showing that they've they've been given permission to like pull clothes on my behalf a commission letter i've never heard of that before okay so i didn't know about this before either um and i learned about it through um assisting another photographer when i was younger and Mm she sent me the template of one that she had and then i like changed it and put the ether name on it and you know i was really grateful for that because i never ever knew how that what does it contain is it basically like outlining what the shoot is what the intention is for the shoot and how it'll be used yeah basically so it will have like um you know the logo ether logo at the top and it'll just be like this is a commission letter on behalf of whoever um to style a shoot on behalf of ether magazine for issue 16 it'll be an eight page editorial print um all of the parties involved will be provided with like a copy of the shoot for their records and then it'll be like signed by me Cool. And then basically they can attach that to every email when they're reaching out to people, and then so they know that it's not like spam or fake and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Basically, um, did you see a difference in when you would be reaching out without that? Yes. So oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it just it makes you seem more official and like it's going to be you know a real thing. Sounds really important. Um, but it's definitely like you know I faked it till I made it sort of thing, and it goes, um, yeah. I've learned on the job. So obviously I haven't always done everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. I can admit that. Um, so yes, then we'll get the commissioner to send to the stylist. He will pull, he or she will pull um, all of the clothing. I will send suggestions of the de- designers that I want. And obviously the mood board will kind of give off the vibe that the stylist can work off of cool. as well. Um, and then I'll, I'll basically create, direct everything. So I'll so it's collaborative it. with that stylist. So if they come to you and they're like, I've got all of these, you're going to be like, not really. Yeah, it'll be collaborative, but like I will send my ideas and they will work off that and obviously they'll bring like a, a variation of things mm-hmm. on the day and we'll try them on the person and see what works what doesn't work i'll say oh, i don't like that yeah. let's let's put that away whatever Hard. um but you know it is it is mostly my like you know it's directed by me but mm-hmm. obviously working with other like talented people to like bring it to life because yeah. i couldn't i couldn't do it without stylists and makeup and hair and all that 100. um so yeah and then we will like organize the shoot day have the shoot I'll develop the film, whatever, and then that'll be you, you know. You always shoot on film, yeah. Always shoot on film. Still. I love that. I love that. And no wonder I'm broke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so much nicer though. A lot of my friends just shoot on on film still. Like, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. The colors yeah. it makes sense. It makes sense. And also, so like I said, I'm not very technical. I'm not amazing retoucher or Photoshop. Same. And I think with film, it saves you so much time actually. Mm. Even though like in time post. is money, so mm. even though you have to pay for the film, you don't have to pay in time to spend hours and hours editing it to make it look like film or to make it look cool or subversive anyway mm. it's perfect like a lot of the time my shoots will come out perfect and not, that sounds really like big headed but no, in terms of they won't need yeah. much editing maybe a little bit here and there like sharpening or you know whatever get the dust off small, small. but small small like mm-hmm. and yeah I'm I think that's just my preferred method of doing things because I find it stressful doing Photoshop and Lightroom. I can do it, but it's just not my it's just not my area of expertise, and I know that. Yeah. I, know, and I know my like, weaknesses. It feels like every stage of this is kind of feeding your soul and like you know yeah. empowering you in every stage. So if something isn't really speaking to you, you're kind of you're not you're either giving exactly. it to somebody else to maybe do so like with the you know the styling or the makeup or whatever. Yeah. But you know still putting yourself into it. And then now with the photography, you're 
Yeah, you know, I just like, I just don't want to do anything to, I don't want to yeah. do. Like, and I'm just like, that's just how I do things. I'm yeah. just like, I'm my own boss. I like being in charge, obviously. And this is like I like being in control mm-hmm. of everything goes. Um, so I sound like a very controlling person now, but as in, it just no, when it comes to my art, I am very like. This is how I want things, you That's, know? Yeah, the way Because obviously I'm the creative director, I'm the photographer, and I'm the editor-in-chief at every shoot. <laughs> so it's so funny because I've just given myself that title. I just I made this whole thing up, but now it's You are what thing. you say. I say it all the time. Yeah. yeah. You are what you say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if bio, you do as well. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it's actually real now, but it just doesn't feel it sometimes. I'm like, I literally made up this whole thing, and now I'm here. Like, <laughs> now it's like something I do all the time. Like, it's just so weird. It's so interesting, but yeah. yeah so that's kind of how beautiful. it goes. And then, so you've got all the shots you edit, I guess. You do all the, like, you know, do you do it all on, like, InDesign or something like that? Yeah, Putting InDesign, the thing together. Yeah. And then how did you find, you know, finding, not a publisher, I guess, because you're self-published, but, you know, finding the right person to print? And, like, how was that whole, how's that whole thing? And also, I guess another question is, you know, there's this whole debate that, you know, print's dead and stuff. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> oh, you know, we went into, like, the smell and, like, the, the physicalness yeah. of it. But how do you feel when people say, you know, print's dead and why do you find it so important to do it in print? Yeah. Okay, well, like the print side of things, I think definitely I can see why people think it's a dying art. Obviously, there's so much online these days. There's digital magazines, video magazines, blah, blah. Obviously, being like online and in the online space is really important. Um, but I do think, like, as you we were saying before, like seeing your work in print is like one of the best feelings um, mm. and a really important part of like the artist's journey, I think. And like as an artist, when you feel like you've been featured and you your work's been celebrated by an exterior, like, thing um it's really validating it's really like affirming so it makes true. you feel so good about yourself and feel like you know you're you're, you're doing well i guess 100 yeah makes so much sense i was working at this online magazine <coughs> for a year and so oh, i'd really? write like an article like two articles a week and like obviously yeah i felt great about it but then i wrote one small article and it was in print and that like kind of felt like more way better like this is the thing i think the hundreds of ones i wrote for the online magazine it's yeah, crazy because anyone can publish a piece of writing online anyone can and not just anyone (laughs) can get their work in print and mm -hmm. i feel like there's there is an element of exclusivity to it Mm -hmm. which is why it's kind of like hard for people to get involved with which is exactly why i started mine because i think if there was less exclusivity and more people could experience it more people would value it Mm -hmm. and more people would understand it and see okay you know what that feeling is so irreplaceable because anyone can post their shoot on instagram and be like yeah i post my shoot on instagram that's that's it like when you see it printed alongside loads of other artists articles and it's like nice thick like magazine you're like wow i I made it like kind of thing you know um also i feel like it makes its life so much longer do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you hold on to those magazines and stuff for life. Like I still got yeah. magazines I got when I was like thirteen. Yeah, that, that's another thing I used to say. Like I like to immortalize, you know, um, these sort of stages of the artist's journey and be able to give them something tangible and to create something tangible because yeah. I feel like we're just losing that and you losing do a post that aspect and it goes, of things. Like it, well, now people are like, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're like, like oh, even shit, see still, like, have these magazines. I keep all, everything. Yeah, same. I'm such a hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, even because of that algorithm now, like even your friends won't see your own posts. Like yeah. it's just there's no value in posting everyone's posting like Mm -hmm. everyone's online so it just to have that offline experience of like your work being celebrated i think Mm -hmm. still holds so much value even though obviously as you guys know and i always say there's not much money going in it but you know i think it's still important to to do and i think that someone's got to keep it alive and i feel like i'm happy to be one of those people so i love that (laughs) sorry what was the other question as well i feel like there was another question um the other question was like how how do you how did you find the right place to print so like say someone you know they're listening to this and they want to start a magazine yeah obviously you kind of do start off you know printing it yourself and then folding it on all those nice ways and stuff like that 
But how did you, you know, navigate that space and learning about physical print, okay. external, external yes, physical yes, print? Yes. Um, so at first I was using, I didn't even know about InDesign at first. Mm-hmm. I was using this program called Blurb, which is like an online I've thing. Heard, we, yeah, I used that one. Yeah. <laughs> Where you literally like drag and drop stuff into mm-hmm. the, like the little rectang- re- rectangles yeah. of pages or whatever. Um, that was the first issue that I used that for. But um, I sent off for it and it came from all the way from America. And I was like, There's, there must be another way. There must be a better way. Because yeah. uh, I was waiting ages for it to arrive. And then I remember posting my Instagram, like, um, Ether issue one, like, arrived in the post today. And I was, like, really proud of it. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I remember showing it to my dad. And he was just like, oh, my gosh, you, you've got the eye for this. You need to you need to keep going. So that also, like, inspired Supportive, me to keep, yeah. Yeah, to keep going. And um, then after that, I kind of was like, I need to find a new place to, to get them printed. I think I tried a few different places. And there was times where I wasn't, like, 100% happy with the prints. Then I moved on to a place called Mixam. Have you used Mixam? I, I always use Mixam. Yeah, so they use, I used Mixam for a bit, but then they got slightly too expensive. Sorry, mm-hmm. Mixam, if you're listening. <laughs> and... Um, now no gatekeeping out there i don't do gatekeeping now no. i use you love print which is like very similar um mm-hmm. interface to mix sound but it's cheaper oh, really? um okay, cool. yes so it's been like, it's been a definitely a journey and it's just been trying at trial and error basically mm-hmm. um there's been no, i didn't know how to, to find Taking a place. Small, small risks and just yeah. like kind of trusting in all these yeah and with each issue i was one. trying a different platform and just seeing which ones i liked and the mix sound was one of the best ones but then yeah just the price went up mm-hmm. and then i found somewhere Happens, else yeah. so yeah that's kind of it was just through through trial and error over the years really yeah like, and yeah. then how do you find funding these things obviously it's never going to be easy but yeah any tips on funding your own projects and stuff like yeah. that i know you got the you got the intel on this you do seminars yeah. on this so. yeah no I've got, i mean <laughs> i think um for me it definitely if you're having your own brand platform or like anything like that the doing pre-orders is like the way to go especially if you're funding everything yourself why is that um because i think that if you do pre-orders then obviously you, you get the money in before you have the item and then you can use oh, that money sorry, to yeah, print yeah i was actually thinking the opposite when no, you said that. No, yeah no, no, okay no. so cool. yeah so if you do pre-orders so then you know what you're gonna yeah so then you can print yeah. exact amounts as well which is kind of what i was doing and like print to order things like that um but i do think that being on platforms where you can see like grants and bursaries and stuff like that mm-hmm. um is really important as well like i used um this platform called clicker me okay. um and it's like a fashion networking platform kind of similar to like linkedin in the dots okay. um but it's just like specifically for like fashion creatives mm-hmm. um and they do like a monthly bursary i'm not sure if they still do it but definitely go and check it out monthly bursary um of 500 pounds for like an editorial idea and i was one of the i think i was the first winner oh my god yeah, <laughs> of the 500 that and that was covid so that was like really helpful um and that helped me do the shoot which is on the cover of the last issue issue 15 Mm -hmm. um so that really helped and then also like following like different pages like run the check i like networking Mm -hmm. um there's like the uaa i like networking it's amazing yeah it's so good isn't it i did their mentorship scheme and we're going to be getting isabel the founder on oh my god that's so cool oh my god hi isabel if you're listening to the future um but (laughs) yeah like following those kinds of pages clicking me obviously the dots as well you can find things on there and like network um so people feel free to add me on the dots um but they're always posting yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah we need to add each other um people don't know about the dots really it's kind 
kind no, of crazy. No, but, but it's there's really loads good. Of opportunities. Loads of opportunities, loads of paid work on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, like, when it comes to ether, I have been mostly just paying it out of like whatever jobs I have at the time, mm-hmm. and I'll just be hustling um, and finding different ways to make money. Um, but I definitely think that there's loads of grants and bursaries out there that people can can look up and look into. Um, there's the, also like with people's boroughs and stuff like that that people don't realize there's a lot of like borough specific mm-hmm. grants and stuff like that. So I think look into your local borough, see if they've got any um, grants or, or bursaries for artists. Um, that's also a helpful thing. I feel like there's more, but I feel like I'm forgetting. So if there's more no, things, I need quite to. A lot just then, yeah, <laughs> so I will try. I'll send you some stuff afterwards as well for people to either read in like Check the notes or, or or you can post on the Instagram as well because mm-hmm. no, um, I feel like I'm forgetting stuff. But yeah. No, you gave notes. That was really impressive. <laughs> Trying to remember from my memory. Oh no, amazing! Thank you so much. Like, so do you think that we covered everything in the process? Really, I guess. Then I guess there's one final thing. Like, you've got it made. Yeah. What's your approach to you know letting everyone know that it exists? Yeah, so I, do now you do like social media planning or something. No, like that? oh my god, so I'm terrible with my social media. I definitely need to. You're terrible start. with your 10k followers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't post anymore though. This is the thing. Like it's slowed down so much, and like I just feel like I'm just not very present. Like I, I there was a time where I was really trying, and that's when I sort mm-hmm. of built built it up, and I was like posting loads, posting every day, and now I'm just like. I'm scared to be perceived now. I'm like, I've, got, I've gone into Same. the opposite. Like, and I need to get more brave and just be more present on my socials again. But it's just like, that's another job in itself. Yeah. Um, but I think that letting people know is that now I'm kind of moving into um, events and like hosting a lot of events. And okay. I think that like the fact that last year I did a lot of pop-ups, like studio sales um, and seminars and things like that. It made me realise that Ether is not just a magazine anymore. Like it's a community and it's a platform, really, mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, because the community still still stayed well alive, even there was no issue being circulated, yeah, really. Um, and I think that basically through the launch events is like how I kind of let people know that they're, it's happening. Because people are so excited to like attend cool stuff these mm-hmm. days and like go to launch parties. And I think the in person aspect um, definitely keeps people aware of like, okay, this is going to be a launch event. There's going to be copies there. People buy the copies at the event, and then. It kind of work kind of spreads in that way yeah um, living beyond social media basically yeah exactly. i think we're told all the time that social media is the only way now but you're a prime example of that it isn't you know no I mean? not at all and i think definitely just like having creative events and creative spaces with that what i'm doing i feel is quite different to any other creative events that are going on at the moment and i'm really like proud of that because i feel like i've like i completely taught myself how to be an event producer mm-hmm. that's something i completely made up and now yeah. i've like you know kind of set the tone and I've seen other people doing similar stuff that like I did first <laughs> so yeah. it's quite nice you know it's a nice feeling isn't it yeah it's yeah. nice it's nice also I'm kind of like mm. but yeah. it's it's nice to see that I'm you know also I feel like I've inspired ideas in other people and how they go about doing their creative events as well mm-hmm. um, but you definitely yeah it, it's through it. the events that I feel I'm kind of keeping the brand alive and also letting people know about the like the latest like drops or whatever mm-hmm. um, but I will post about it as well TikTok I think is like my main yeah. source I of I know, I know, I know, it's so bad, but it's, it's, this sounds so bloody corny, but TikTok kind of changed my life, like, it helps me go from, like, 4k followers to, like, 10 in the space of, like, less than six months. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was when I was posting every day during COVID, and that's why I haven't really moved past 10k. You you was posting on TikTok every day? Yeah, like, three times a day, and that helps, yeah, it was crazy. What do you, like, post? Just, like, days in my life type thing? No, I would post, like, call-outs for, like, networking. So I'd be like, okay, oh, yeah, creatives, no, like, network these, with yeah. me. Yeah, or, like, mm-hmm. creative, stop scrolling. If you're yeah. a creative, stop scrolling. If you're based in London, stop scrolling. That was my bag back then. And that really helped me grow my platform. It helped me get new people. Wow. Um, and whenever I have an event, I pr- promote it through TikTok. And they just turn up. Like, crazy. they are so active. Like, but it's do crazy. Th- do you think it 
um, made you get a lot of younger people? Or? Yes, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. I think that, you know, I'm like low-key old, <laughs> to no. be honest, so it's just so sad, but 95 baby, but... Um, people don't really like care because they just they want to find cool stuff to go to and attend to and that's how people find events these days is through tiktok Crazy, like okay. or like suggestions for re- restaurants and experiences and things to go to so i just try and stay active on there yeah. but i have definitely slowed down with posting on there as well mm-hmm. um like i said i think i've just gone into my shell a little bit i've been like scared to be perceived recently but i need to get I'm back out saying, there it's weird i keep like posting something i'm like wait is this too personal i and know i don't want to take it down i'm like yeah. oh should i archive everything yeah. yeah it's weird i know it's really it's like the constant battle isn't it because because mm-hmm. you want to be just like living in real in the real world, but you really feel like you have to keep up in the social world as well, and like yep. keep people updated on what you're doing. So mm-hmm. it seems like you're like active when you, you're actually too busy being active in the real world to post. Yeah, it's, hard. it's just difficult. It's a really difficult one, yeah. but yeah. But you'll never get in it well. And I'm really proud of you. Like Thank it's so you. beautiful to see. And I'm oh really, my god! I'm really gassed that you came here today. Like Thank you obviously, so much. like it feels like it's been rushed, but it hasn't. But I feel like we've. I feel I like I've, I've, I feel like I've, I don't know if I've answered the question very well. I'm really sorry if I no, haven't. No, like, you have. Shush, <laughs> don't be negative. You're good. <laughs> no, no negative. Positivity only. Positivity only. No, yeah, you're, yeah. you're 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 you've done amazing, and it's like you're so inspiring. I think this is going to be such like a powerful podcast people listen to this episode like Thank you've really you. given a lot of tips and like it's just so nice to see you know i mean like you're doing things because you have this passion and you're not letting anything stop that. oh hell no like, literally even if mm-hmm. it makes me broke to the day i die like it keeps it makes happy. me happy providing this platform and creating this community and i feel like it's just become so much bigger than like me and it's, even though it's like a reflection of me and my soul the fact that so many people connect with it, it makes me feel empowered and better about myself as well so mm-hmm. i'm really grateful thank you I love guys that so much <laughs> thank you so much we have like a few um <laughs> closing questions but i guess okay normally i ask everyone these questions but you've kind of done it as we go along i know i ramble so much sorry no this has been beautiful <laughs> sorry to listeners for me stumbling over my words you haven't been <laughs> is there any like key resources that you think that people should tap into oh, i guess you've like kind of said it like tiktok Instagram yeah or... tiktok i'm sorry guys it's it's a real thing tap in, okay. it, it, you need to tap into tiktok Maybe and just like basically the the phrase that i saw someone else say i can't remember who it was and credit to this person um that just like treat it as like the, your page is your playground mm-hmm. don't overthink it post everything and anything because the thing that you think is not interesting to you is going to be so interesting to someone else and the, the posts that you don't think are going to blow up are the ones that blow up and the ones that you try too hard with are the ones that, bl- that flop and I think it's just about being present and sharing in the space um, but don't overpressure yourself be like I need to make this this X content I feel like it needs to just be free just let it be free flowing just post things as you go mm-hmm. don't let it overwhelm you just share just share on TikTok um, and then definitely the dots click on me and then the other two platforms that I was saying well not platform but Instagram accounts run the check and I like networking and then also creative lives in progress mm-hmm. they have an amazing um, opportunities board um, which has um, like the list of like the of creative events coming up grants uh, job opportunities um, all sorts so definitely mm-hmm. check in creative lives in progress as well yeah cool we'll put this all on Instagram for sure so yeah like a little directory amazing I love that so much and then so is there anything coming up that listeners like the new issue will be here in a couple of yes in a couple of months. weeks so I did have a few setbacks with the printing and there's a few things that I had to get in even though I've had my launch event thank you to whoever attended by the yeah, way it's amazing um that basically the, the new issue will be dropping in a couple of weeks so you could probably pre-order now 
through by the time this comes out you can pre-order through my you website might be able to get it by the time yeah. this comes out yeah 100 <laughs> and when i get the print copies they're going to be i'm going to be getting some new stockists um, which will be listed on my website but there's been charlotte street news and the tate and a few others mm-hmm. um so yeah definitely go and pre-order the new issue amazing. it's gonna be amazing got some amazing artists and, and creatives in there mm-hmm. um and then just like support give me a follow at ether magazine a-e-t-h-e-r magazine and then follow me on my personal as well me sakai 95 <laughs> <Love>. <laughs> shout out myself oh, we even have similar instagram handles mine's lottie mac 98 <laughs> oh my god i love all the parallels so, good, so cute yeah. and then finally 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 points of inspiration for people yes. to go away with like who are the key people places okay. or things that inspire you yes this is something i forgot to talk about when you asked me about my inspirations earlier because i was yeah. just like we i ended up rambling now. and i went on a tangent we got the time um now. but my favorite favorite um are fashion photography book um is called the new black vanguard and mm-hmm. there was an exhibition of it at the Saatchi not long ago but i actually found the book before the, the exhibition came here God. and um it's basically just like a most amazing coffee table fashion photography book um that really inspired me and like just gave me the motivation to keep going when i when i found it um where it's just all different like um black photographers um that just create amazing beautiful work basically it's just so well done so well curated um so that's one of the my biggest inspirations and i always go back to that book when i'm feeling like i don't have any inspiration or like i'm never gonna make it or whatever um and then also another big inspiration for me would be Mika Ninagawa. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words now. Okay. Um, Mika Ninagawa, she is a director and a photographer and her work, it really, really inspires me. Um, she just does like these most insane like sets and like, Ooh, like okay. they're just like super colourful, super vibrant, very inspiring. She did a um, film called Helter Skelter. Okay. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard no, of it. It's really, really so sick and so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Just like really like just unusual and just crazy and Mm -hmm. interesting and like heavy on like fashion and visuals um she had a netflix show called followers it's in japanese but they've got subtitles Mm -hmm. and if you're wanting like something that's like really striking and visual and amazing and beautiful definitely suggest going watching that and just looking at her photography um and i'm sure people know also david la chapelle i don't even know if i'm saying Mm -hmm. it right but his work is like amazing his fashion photography is amazing um I feel like I'm not, I feel like I've got more inspirations, but I can't think of any more. Nah, so if yeah. you think of any more, send me them. I put them on the Instagram. Yes. You know, everyone can have access to all of this. Like Amazing. you've given so much. Thank you so much. This Thank is, you for having me. I love this so much. <laughs> this is so wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>